0: Good morning, everybody. again. I think anytime uh, the head pastor comes to the the worship leader or any musician and hands him a microphone and says, "Here you speak this morning. You can make a case for the fact that that pastor might be more than a little sick because <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn 't happen very often <clears throat> um, i uh, I got a call last night about about dinner time and uh kirk Kirk asked me to to uh, speak this morning, and he graciously sent me some notes, so uh I spent uh quite a bit of time last night trying to piecemeal together what he sent me with with um with what occurred to me and uh, I can understand if this morning you came expecting to hear Kirk, you might kind of feel like you were in you were coming going somewhere for a steak dinner, and your friend took you to McDonald's instead. See what I'm doing? I'm trying to lower your expectations <laughs> so that after 20 or 25 minutes, you go, well, that, that Big Mac didn't taste that bad. And we will get steak next week. So did it work? Maybe, maybe not. <clears throat> I think it's I think it's interesting um, that a lot of our women are gone this morning. <clears throat> if your wife or your mom or your sister or your girlfriend is gone, raise your hand. Really, nobody? Well, two. <clears throat> Normally, there would be, as Mike said, probably thirty more women here. And when it comes to church life, I think most of the time it's it's us guys that have problems with prayer, not women. Uh, I'll I'll confess to that. I have a, I have a struggle, as I alluded to earlier, uh, being being motivated to pray. I think a lot of us guys think well, prayer is kind of like talking, and I'd rather I'd rather do something about a situation rather than just talk about it, even if that talk is prayer. So I think it's interesting that we got a lot of guys here this morning and we're talking about prayer. The women are on their own this morning and they're probably praying right now and we're here talking about prayer. Um, <clears throat> I think um, as we look at this passage in in Matthew that's uh, that we're going to look at this morning, um, it's important to remember that prayer was one of the three Kind of pillars of Jewish religious life. Um, <clears throat> and Jesus starts talking about prayer, and he doesn't want to replace it with something else, but he wants to talk about prayer. He wants us to learn about prayer in such a way that it gives life to it. Um, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, the hypocrites, as we're going to read in a minute, that Jesus talked about, they tried to make prayer all about obligation and do's and don'ts and rules and regulations and any time you take something that's supposed to be about relationship which is what prayer is about and you try to make it about rules and regs you effectively strangle the life out of it um, and so if we could if we could put that that scripture up there it is why don't we stand together and let's uh, let's read this out loud together Don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need, even before you ask him. Amen. You can take a seat. Prayer is the language of our relationship with God. It's the language of our relationship with God. And anytime time we make it about performance, anytime we make it about putting on a show like Jesus just talked about, we strangle the life out of it. Um, it's interesting, in context, just a few verses later, the disciples went to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so then Jesus gives the teaching, the template for prayer, which is called the Lord's Prayer. Kirk is going to... Um, Going to go over that in in just a couple of weeks, um, assuming he gets well, and if not, we'll be asking for volunteers to do this. But um, <clears throat> um, I think we can learn four different things from this passage of prayer about prayer this morning that uh, that are important. First of all, real prayer is not something external. Um, even public prayer needs to have its source in private time with God. Um, How can I say anything in public about anybody that I don't know very well? I I can't say anything in public about my wife if I haven't spent time with her alone, getting to know her, what she likes, what she dislikes. It would be ridiculous of me to start talking about someone in public as if I know what I'm talking about if I have not spent private time with that person. And if if prayer is the language of our relationship with him, then public prayer has to come out of private moments with God. Um, if I don't know how to talk to him in private, if that's not my starting place, then I'm going to have a really difficult time saying anything about him in public that conveys who he is. Um, and, you know, some of us, depending on personality, we don't like to pray in public. Maybe it's because we're just sincerely humble and we don't want to put on a show. Maybe it's because we're introverts or shy or all of the above. And I'm, I'm not trying to uh, to shame anybody who doesn't like to pray in public. But if the reason... A person might not like to pray in public is because they're kind of unfamiliar with this person that they're praying about. Maybe that's something to take before the Lord and make sure that our reason for not wanting to um, participate in public prayer is an unfamiliarity with the one that we're praying to. Um, The second thing I think we can learn here is that um, prayer doesn't need to involve a lot of words or even the right words. Um, the the religious-sounding words, um, some of the most meaningful, m- moving, heartfelt, effective prayer that I've ever heard was just simply uh, an authentic cry for help. And uh, sometimes um, we are so overwhelmed with life and so devastated by circumstances that we can't even form words. I love the I love the passage in in Romans where Paul is talking talking about the fact that the spirit helps us in our weakness. Sometimes we don't even know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And sometimes those groanings are emanating from me. Sometimes they're emanating from us, and we can't even, we're reaching out to God, but we can't even form words. That's okay. That's okay. Sometimes it doesn't involve many words or even trying to say the right words. There are no magic words that need to happen when we pray. Even the term in Jesus' name, which we often end our prayers with, Um, It might be more effective to say something like this, in the authority of Jesus. Wouldn't it be interesting if we started every prayer and ended every prayer with the idea that we're doing it in the authority of Jesus and we're asking what we're asking in the authority of Jesus. Um, If prayer is the language of our relationship with God, then the only way we can ask anything of him is because of that relationship. Um, when, I, when I first became a Christian, I remember the, the pastor of the church I was going to, he talked about prayer as if you were writing a check. He said, you want something from God and you want to ask it from him, but you have absolutely no way to actually get what you're what you're asking for, and so you have to take out the checkbook that has Jesus's name on it, and you fill out the check with what you want, but you have to sign Jesus's name, because it's only because of Jesus that we even have a relationship with Him. It's only because of Jesus that we can ask anything from Him, um, and that that uh, that picture of writing a check has always has always stuck with me and always resonated with me. Um, the third point that we can that we can uh, glean from what Jesus said about prayer is that real prayer understands that God is our source and He knows what we need before we even ask Him. Um, the goal in prayer is not to get from God what we want. The goal in prayer is oneness with God, his relationship with Him, and prayer is the language of that relationship. Our first calling as Christians is not to go out and serve God, do something for him. Our first calling as a Christian is to be with him and to learn from him and to sit at his feet. Um, Do you remember the the picture in Luke 10 when Jesus shows up at at Mary and Martha's house and Martha is, is all flustered and busy in the kitchen preparing food and she's mad at the fact that her sister Mary is not helping her. Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him teach. And Jesus actually says to Martha, Mary has chosen what's best. Um, there there will always be distractions like, like Martha was experiencing in that situation. So there's always going to be um things that are going to want to distract us from prayer. I love this uh, quote by C.S. Lewis. I think we have it um, back there. We can put it up on the screen if you guys have it. C.S. Lewis wrote, The moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. The first job each morning consists of shoving it all back and listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, Letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in, and it makes me realize how many how many times um, that I've brought my own busy, distracted, disquieted thoughts about life into uh into prayer, but to be quiet with God, someone once said, keeps us spiritually alive. I love this quote too, in our chatty world, in which the word has lost its power to communicate. Silence helps keep our mind and heart anchored in the future world, and it enables us to speak words of life from there into the present world. There's always, there's always an ongoing invitation from God to draw near to him, and he will draw near to us. He's, in, he's inviting us to do that right now. Um, and that's, that's simply talking about prayer because prayer is the language of our relationship with him. And so the value, most valuable thing that God could ever give us in prayer is more of himself. <clears throat> the fourth, uh, fourth thing that um, I think Jesus wants us to know about prayer is that real prayer never ends. The verse in First Thessalonians which says, Pray without ceasing has always uh, confused me. It's always frustrated me. It's always uh, made me feel a bit uh, self-condemning. <clears throat> How in the world um, am I going to be a person of prayer, prayer that never ends? Um, and yet, I find myself at at this, I don't know whether it's this stage of life or because uh, there are just so many things to pray about these days, but I find myself praying more and more, I f- often times find myself rolling over at night, in the middle of the night, and I'll wake up just enough to realize I've been praying. Have you ever, have you ever experienced that? That you just, you you realize in the middle of the night, oh, I was just, I was just in prayer, and I wasn't even, I wasn't even conscious of it. I'll find myself, um, I'll find myself at the gym and I'll be moving from one station to another and I I'll pass this lady I pass almost every time and she's in a wheelchair and she's hauling herself up out of that wheelchair to uh to try to exercise what she can exercise and I'll realize I was just praying for her as I I was as I was walking past her um <clears throat> the uh the one that surprises me the most um is my reaction uh oftentimes lately to people um, in front of me on the freeway, that may or may not have gotten their driver's license from Kmart. Um, I, I just don't have a lot of patience with with drivers that don't have much skill, and I realize I should. But I'm just I'm just admitting I don't have much patience with that. But but lately I've been driving around people, and where normally I'd look over at them and glare at them, I I'll I'll see a an, an older person. Or a younger person who's just learning to drive, and I'll wind up praying for them and for the people around them that they. Um, but I think I'm learning a little bit about what it what it actually means to pray without ceasing, a, a a prayer life that just doesn't end, that just goes from one conversation with him to another, and I'm not even conscious that I've <clears throat> tried to move in that direction, and yet. And yet, slowly but surely, um, that, that seems to be happening. Um, I like this quote from St. Augustine who said, whole prayer is nothing but love. And so it makes me ask myself the question, if, if I am a prayerless person, maybe I don't have enough love. Maybe it's not a prayer problem, maybe it's a love problem. I love uh, how Brother Lawrence talked about prayer as practicing the presence of God. And so I think those two things are key in learning what it means to pray without ceasing. To, To love God and my neighbor is essential in learning how to pray without ceasing. And also to have an awareness of God's presence with me all the time. Is essential to being able to be a person who prays without without ceasing I want I want my natural response my default position to be prayer in in any and every circumstance that's what I want that's what I that's what I ask for and if if prayer is the language of my relationship with him, I don't see why that's not possible. Um, and I, I would, I'd like us, if we could, for, for just a few minutes to, uh, to take some time and pray. Pray by yourself, pray with the person you came with or, or by yourself, doesn't matter. <clears throat> let's let's start by asking ourselves you guys can come up in the band let's start by asking ourselves a question are we people who have an ongoing conversation with god throughout the day are we prayerful people i mentioned at the beginning a lot of times we men don't like to prayer is not our default position because we'd rather do than just talk or be But prayer is work. Real prayer is hard work. I love the term travailing prayer. It's kind of of a term from the Wayback Machine, but um, prayer that that is work that requires sweat, that requires travail, is hard work. Are Are we people who throughout the day have an ongoing conversation with him whereby prayer is our default position? And then, after asking that question, maybe ask God two things. Lord, would you make me someone who loves you and loves my neighbor to the point where prayer is what I want to do for them? And, God, would you make me so aware of your presence with me, in me, around me, at my work, at my school, wherever I find myself? Would you make me so aware of your presence? So that I am continuing to have an ongoing conversation with you all the time. Prayer is the language of our relationship with him. And in in view of that, praying without ceasing seems to be a possibility. God wouldn't ask us to do it if it wasn't possible by his spirit. So let's just take a few minutes, ask ourselves those questions, And ask God to make us people who love and people who are aware of God's presence. Can we do
1: that? I just want to pray a benediction over you, and then we'll uh, go on with our day today. Lord God, first of all, I just want to thank you for your presence and how you never fail us. Let our hearts be convicted, Lord, to want to embrace you through prayer and be in your presence. To be mindful of the fact that we can walk with you every minute, every second, every breath of our day. That you give us that privilege as children of you, Father God. We're grateful to be a part of your family. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such an harmony With one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may be with one voice. Let's say that again. Together you may be with one voice glorifying the God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we have that opportunity to come together collectively and glorify you. May that have happened this morning through our hearts. Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your grace and for the message that John gave us today. Amen.